0: Hi this is Andy of Andy's personal development and we are currently live in the breakout room so welcome and welcome and we love being here for you with quality and value to inspire and to transform remember we are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon and iTunes. Today, as usual, we have a special guest to share with you for your development and growth and to live your better informed life. So, grab a cup, pull up a seat, and stay tuned for the introduction right here now, live in the breakout room. It's the place for health, happiness, and prosperity. Stay tuned. Our next guest in the breakout room worked his way through school, eventually achieving a BA in business and MBA in healthcare administration. He served mostly lower income people on three continents over the last 35 years and is familiar with the challenges and unfairness of life. He is David. This is our guest. He's also an author. And his new publication is entitled, New You, New You. Surprising foundations to get modern, feel more connected, and stay balanced in a rapidly changing world. In 2018, while working with doctors, dentists, Counselors and community networkers, we had an infinite. David says, This is your life, and it is important. So, let's welcome this accomplished guest live in the breakout room, David R. Edwards. And we are live in the breakout room. This is Andy, your award-winning and internationally accredited life and development coach. And now meet our guest, David R. Edwards. Hi, David, how are you today?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: Good, thanks for asking. Wonderful to have you. So glad you could take the time out to be with us on Andy's personal development. And we are live in the breakout room. So. Let's begin by asking you the first and most important question. What it is about David R. Edwards that is so unique that you were able to put all this information in this wonderful book and have the opportunity to share all that experience and knowledge with so many people? What would you think is that quality about you that stands out, that makes you unique and different?
1: Well, boy, that's hard. Um, I would (laughs) say... I I I, um, I would like to think that it, I have a curious soul uh-huh um I I liked you ever since I, I mean I th- think back to like seventh grade and I wanted to know why stuff happened right Your little children you know you <laughs> ask why is the sky blue yeah. you know Why is the water the way that it is? You know, why is it hot? Why is it cold? (laughs) And um, so we ask lots of questions and I've, um, I know more than I did when I was a little child or even in the seventh grade, but uh, I still ask
0: questions. Okay. That's great. So you're saying then that as a young man, you believe that that quality of curiosity was there with you in the early parts of your life. And it's still there with you even at this age. could you yeah. recall what your childhood days were like growing up with your parents and stuff, and what were some of the things that intrigued you, including that level of curiosity? What was yeah. it like growing up as a young man? Well, it was you know I
1: had a fairly typical childhood I mean my mom and dad met and had we had three boys in our family
0: uh-huh.
1: and um Unfortunately, um, they got divorced when I was about 10. Oh, um, and that was hard. You know, I don't think I realized at the time, you know, you're a child, you're not thinking about things at that level. And as we know, our prefrontal cortex (laughs) isn't really
0: developed.
1: And so, um, I remember actually as a young man, like an early teen being fairly angry at the world. Mm. and um, not really understanding why. Um, And um, and it took a toll on me, frankly. Um, (laughs) I used to get mad at my brothers and throw things at them and stuff like that. Um, But what happened was as a teenager, um, my mom had remarried and my dad, when they got divorced, my birth father was drinking too much. Wow. And um, <laughs> my mom married a man who it turns out was a full on alcoholic. Oh, my. Um, and so that created some pretty serious challenges pretty quickly. And um, the, <laughs> so, anyways, my mom was about to separate from him. You know, mm-hmm. she was like this close. And, um, I remember she came into our room, uh, one evening and said, if I come in and say, we're leaving, then you boys, you need to not make a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. You need to just grab some basic clothes. Don't worry about all your stuff, Mm -hmm. your bicycles or whatever else. Uh, and we're going to get in the car and we're going to go. Wow and that's that i remember this and uh um and so (laughs) i that didn't happen though because some missionaries from the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints came by and knocked on their door and they had come by before you know in years past uh and my mom had always said no we're not interested Mm -hmm. but this time i think you know they were pretty desperate and they said well what do you got to say you know we can't do any worse than what we're doing and and what happened was they found more light and truth Uh to guide their life by okay and i was like 14 at this time right and it changed their lives Mm -hmm. permanently and forever um Mm -hmm. and this is a process right it doesn't happen instantly or overnight but they started on a path, mm-hmm. right? And they started aligning their lives with these truths that they weren't aware of before. Or that they may have been vaguely aware of, but they didn't understand. Okay. Or that they didn't really have any interest in following, right? Mm-hmm. Every time we align our life with greater light and truth, uh-huh. good things are going to happen. It doesn't mean we'll be rich or famous or millionaires, that kind of anything like that but our lives will be better and that's what happened to them and even as an angry 14 year old (laughs) um i i saw the change in their life okay and they never got divorced and they had a wonderful marriage and Mm -hmm. loved each other faithfully until each passed away Mm -hmm. um and and they had a beautiful life together um Right. I also couldn't deny it, and, and about a year later, a little over a year, uh, just before I turned 16, I joined that church. And it also changed my life. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, it's just kind of been as, as you go on, that was a long time ago now. <laughs> um, we, uh, we you know, I've continued, we talk about that curiosity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I was angry at the world, I was less curious. Okay. Right, you're not as open, you're mad, you're, you're kind of set, mm-hmm. you block, you know, access to things, it's all there, but you're not looking mm-hmm. for it, and yeah. you don't see it, um, and, and of course you don't benefit from it. And so, um, anyway, so that's kind of been the journey of my life since I'm continually looking for right. truth, yeah. for wisdom as well as tips what we call today what we call them tips uh tricks techniques hacks you know we have all these kinds of things and they're fine yeah but but where i'm kind of from right now is that they're fine as long as they're based on some foundation
0: yeah of principle right okay great thanks for sharing david i want to look at your career and um it says that you serve mostly lower income people on three continents over the last 35 years. Tell us about that experience and what kind of service you were actually giving and how fulfilling it was for you.
1: So I was, um, as a younger man, as I mentioned, I joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh-huh. um, I served a mission when I was 19 in Europe. Uh-huh. Now that was a marvelous experience i mean you're a young man 19 to 21 years old it was two years yeah um normally you'd be out going to college or dating and or you know working and yeah. and i was uh i get up every day and i would pray mm-hmm. to god help me find somebody to teach right. i want to help somebody today okay. okay. it's a very different formative experience mm-hmm. you know as a young man, yeah, so that really influenced me as I tried to serve people in in Europe, uh-huh. um, and I was very poor during okay. that time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, wow! I remember because I had saved some money up, but I ran out of money. Uh huh. And my parents, bless their hearts, uh, didn't tell me I ran out of money. Okay. Um, but my dad—it was literally like within weeks of running out of my money that I'd saved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he had overtime at work for the right. next 10 months
0: uh-huh.
1: and right after I got home his overtime opportunity ended. Okay. But it gave enough money and it wasn't a lot of money back in those days. It was like $200 a month I lived on. Wow. wow. That's not very much, but, uh, but anyways, um, but that was a very powerful formative experience that taught me. Mm -hmm. that life isn't really about me right right. right. it's really about how am i helping other people Mm -hmm. um i worked in healthcare for virtually all of my career i took a year Mm -hmm. off early in my career because i thought you know i've been doing healthcare it's been fun but you know i'll try something else well what i found out was that what i do is really important Right. But what the organization I'm working with doing uh-huh. is also really important. You know, what is their purpose? Mm-hmm. Because as an employee, you know, we have to, to some extent, we align our will, mm-hmm. you know, our labor, our thought, our energy with our employers. Right. And if we don't feel good about what our employer doing, that's going to have all kinds of negative consequences on our mm-hmm. health mental health, physical health, um, yep. how cranky we are <laughs> and so um, and I really loved working and I worked um, at a community health center the mm-hmm. very first of my career I worked with the elderly, yeah. um, I worked with youth, <laughs> I worked um, in cardiology so heart mm-hmm. work yeah. Yeah. Um, and eventually so about the last 10 years -hmm. I was working in Oregon. uh, Well, and I should say, so I said in three continents. So I worked in Alaska, which is still North America. I worked with tribal tribal Mm -hmm.
0: groups. Yeah.
1: Um, and that was a marvelous experience, understanding Alaska Native culture better and serving people with culturally appropriate care. I worked in Nigeria uh, back in 2005. Uh-huh. Um, commissioning a hospital um, this was with a Catholic healthcare organization that did international health care work yeah um, and I remember chief vode Akindele wow. <laughs> was, was the boss he was the uh-huh. CEO of several businesses uh-huh. um, throughout Africa actually he was the leading maker of matches in all of Africa. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And
1: he had several businesses that he operated. I mean, bread company and fish processing and box making and all kinds of different things. So Mm -hmm. very entrepreneurial, but he had been very successful and he wanted to give back to his community. And so Um, uh, I worked in Ibadan and he had built a hospital but couldn't quite get it off the ground and so Mm. we're trying to help him get that started and get people hired and um, one of the things I'm most proud of working there was I there was a lot of corruption in that culture and that society and at that time and And, and I thought really long and hard and talked to the leadership team there and uh, with the board and I said, you know, how do we counteract corruption, Mm -hmm. which is all over the place. I mean, you know, the police would set up roadblocks with the Mm -hmm. sole purpose of getting a few Naira, which is the local currency from you (laughs) to Uh, let you, you know, just to line their pockets. Um, and and it was through all aspects of society and so i said how do we counteract Mm -hmm. this kind of cultural phenomenon yeah and and as we thought about it what came to my mind again you're trying to be curious you're trying to remain a little bit humble and say i don't have all the answers Mm -hmm. so how do we come up with this together yeah um and and i realized that the values the principles that underlie servant leadership right would counteract Mm -hmm. this kind of tendency towards Mm -hmm. corruption right and so we adopted I mean we went through a process with staff and with the board and finally the board adopted a formal policy Mm -hmm. around servant leadership you know the idea that I lead because it's the best place for me to be of service, Service, to make a lot more money or to be more important than anybody else, or to, you know, tell people what to do or -hmm. any of these kind of, you know, that can be motivations for people who want to be the leaders. Um, we really kind of try to counteract that. So -hmm. at the level of leadership, you know, the tone that we set for this fledgling organization Mm -hmm. was one of service service to each other service to the community service to our patients yeah um, so that we would hopefully you know kind of counteract that cultural tendency anyways it was a really a wonderful experience um and they wanted us to stay on for three years three more years (laughs) and i had two teenager blonde girls in high school at the time and um, did, where we were would be working there just weren't like international schools or those kinds of opportunities yeah, yeah,
0: yeah and
1: we just couldn't get a good feeling about it so we we didn't do that but it was a marvelous it was a marvelous time and experience yeah and met some wonderful people um ojo Olufemi is my dear friend from back there and anyways um so anyways I. So no, this last 10 years, I was a CEO of a couple of different community health centers in right. Oregon. Uh-huh. And there was a lot of things going on. Medicaid transformation is what was was mm-hmm. generally called. Yes. And so like the state government was trying some uh, new innovative policies to try to help care, to be more effective, yeah. to help keep costs down. Mm -hmm. and to provide a better patient experience and to have better outcomes yeah so when i say outcomes does that mean anything to you because i i sometimes you know think in healthcare lingo and then i don't really realize that most people don't work in healthcare so
0: yeah but the term term outcome basically looks at the results not not so much the process but the results the benefits that you're going to get out of what we are going to do yeah perfect See, you could be a healthcare administrator. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so, so, and I was working at an organization that wanted to make a big difference. So, we you know, yep. we wanted to add value and we mm-hmm. were excited about this mm-hmm. and, and so we did a number of things and I felt pleased. I was, I was really happy. It was, uh, it was an exciting time. Um And this is, I, this organization, when I started there, I had a lot of challenges um, right. and financial challenges, um, quality, consistency, you know, were are not there. Um, our reputation in the community, frankly, had been pretty good, but it had been lagging. So mm-hmm. people, we've done a lot of begging and people, the, my first meeting with the local hospital CEO, I literally... Walk in the door and say, Hi, my name is David Edwards. I'm uh-huh. the new CEO at this organization. Wow. And, and the first words out of his mouth were, I am not your bank.
0: Oh, Ooh. <laughs> wow.
1: Because <laughs> they had had eight CEOs in mm. eight years.
0: Wow and evidently
1: each one had gone (laughs) to introduce themselves and said hi I am so-and-so could we have some of your money evidently (laughs)
0: and
1: and so I didn't say that and I said I'm thrilled that's that's good to know uh, because I don't want your money (laughs) (laughs) but I do want your friendship and I do want to work with you all right so that we can pursue our shared purposes you know yeah. in ways that are going to be more powerful and more effective yeah. and that he was great with and we became good friends and uh and we did some really great things together but uh anyways we turned things around financially mm-hmm. um we improved quality so that we were consistently the best in our region right. um, we really developed an outstanding reputation people wanted to work with us okay people found value yes and they were asking us for things right which is nice yeah um and and we had gone to the point where a lot of patients wanted to come see us and we ran out of room Mm. um and so we um were growing another location and then we opened another location but our original kind of the old clinic um we had totally outgrown. So we would moved me into a closet mm-hmm. and at some point I moved out of my closet so I could put three dentists in my closet wow. and I moved out of the building because, you know, as a servant leader, we prioritize the yeah. needs of yeah. our staff and of our patients.
0: That's and
1: right. so, um, anyway, so we just totally outgrown the space. And we were finally in a position where we could actually do something about it. And we, in fact, were designing and then started building. What we thought would be the most advanced, integrated community health center in the country.
0: Wow, That, that was our vision. Yes, yes.
1: And the model, the clinical model that we had evolved,
0: mm-hmm.
1: put you if you were the patient Andy, it put, put you it put you as the captain of the care team. Okay. Okay, yeah. so as the captain of the care team, we have certain expectations of you. Like you aren't going to just say, Tell me what to do and I'll do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you're this kind of passive participant in the healthcare process. Yeah. If you go to the our dentist, right, you would open your mouth and say, Fix me, but don't ask me to do anything, yeah. <laughs> like brush yeah. my teeth regularly or floss or something like that, right? Yeah. And 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 so we had this integrated set of services. And so you could come in literally and see the dentist or a hygienist. You could see a physician or a nurse practitioner. You could see a therapist or a health coach. You could take a class, you could do a Zumba. You could, you know, we had all these different services. We had community health workers who could go out to your home. Um, We had all these different things. Not that you need all of those necessarily, but they're available so that we flex the services that you need as an individual to help you on your healthcare journey to have wow. the best outcomes right the most right. success right and so anyways this model however really requires you to be this captain to take this leadership role in mm-hmm. your own health and as i thought about it and I started asking questions of this wonderful multidisciplinary team. Mm-hmm. And I asked, I said, you know, we have wonderful people. I felt so privileged. These were smart, dedicated, thoughtful, selfless employees. Right. Um, we had this wonderful clinical model. Mm-hmm. We had all these kind of scope of services we could offer. Yeah. We were building a brand new building that would support that kind of integrated, multidisciplinary patient-centered model of care. Uh-huh. Um, we had good technology. There's not like great technology, but it was good technology, as good yeah. as was available.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Um, and we had all these things going for us. Um, we had people wanted, you know, in, a, in an era of, you know, very hard to find healthcare employees, like physicians and dentists and nurses and whatnot. You know, we had people wanted to come work with us Mm -hmm. so we had all these pluses but I thought we're gonna have limited effectiveness even with all these things more unless we can actually help our patients Mm -hmm. better fulfill this role that we're setting them up for to be the captain of this care team and by extension really the captain of their life yeah and I and I was a little embarrassed more than a little embarrassed (laughs) to say you know I've worked for over 30 years and I don't know that I really understand what that means Mm. right and so this was that was really the first of like three major epiphanies Mm. or these wow moments right like what does it mean so I started asking because you know when you're curious (laughs) that's what you do is you ask questions
0: yeah yeah
1: as we as we started asking or having this dialogue, Mm -hmm. it came to me that this is really about change, right? Mm -hmm. Being the captain of your life or the captain of your care team is really about managing change. Yeah. And so I working particularly with the behavioral health, the therapists and health coaches and whatnot, we started asking, so what does this mean? You know, what is change all about? And there are different models you know that psychologists and psychiatrists and uh, neuroscientists and whatnot have come yeah. up with over the years and so i yeah. started studying these and i was a finance guy i was like a cfo for about 20 years right and and i was used to using spreadsheets so i what i did was i put these um theories and I laid out the various stages of change, if you will, these of these change models. Mm -hmm. And I put them on a spreadsheet so I could like understand, kind of look at them and and see the flow of them. And this is where my third epiphany was, Mm -hmm. is at the foundation, at the core of every model of human change is this idea of personal or intrinsic motivation
0: okay great wow David you have you have inspired me to think um, so much more outside the box Um, you know hats off to you guys for that holistic approach but then further credit for looking inside and seeing that there was a need to create the opportunity for people to have that mindset where they would become responsible for their own outcomes you just provided facilities And that keyword change is extremely important to progress and more favorable outcomes in our lives. We're gonna take a quick break with David R. Edwards live in the breakout room. When we come back, we're gonna ask him about his book entitled, Knew You, Who Knew? Don't go anywhere folks, we'll be right back from this ad break. Stay tuned. Hi people, this is a special invitation for you join our community. Yes, we're inviting you to join our community for 2022. What's in store? Well, what we want is your feedback on our content and our guests, but more so on what you need to be inspired and transformed from your current condition to one of happiness, health and prosperity. So drop us a line and reach out. Help us to better help you achieve your goals. So, people, inbox me at www.facebook.com slash mddreamer slash That's www.facebook.com slash mddreamer slash Or send me an email at lovebitsa at gmail.com That's lovebitsa at gmail.com We love hearing from you as we build our partnership in growth and development, and we look forward to your communicating. Help us to help you to live a better life in personal growth and development from Andy's personal development. We love you. We look forward to hearing from you. See you soon. Bye for now. Find RadioGuest.com place to click to find guests to interview for free. And if you're a radio show booker, podcaster, talk show host or television producer, then this is the place to get podcasts and radio interviews or promote your books and products as a guest expert sponsor. Find radioguest.com. Check it out. And we are live back in the breakout room with David R. Edwards. And we're going to ask him about his publication entitled, Knew You, Who Knew? But before we do that, David, I just want to play this short video. It's just about 29 seconds. And I want you to tell us what was the inspiration or the message, uh, the stuff that motivated you to put this out. So here we go.
1: From humble beginnings come great rivers and great things.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Tell us a bit about that, David. What was the inspiration behind that?
1: Well, uh, we were living in uh, Juneau, Alaska,
0: uh-huh.
1: and I was serving in, a, in this tribal health organization. And my uh, daughter was with me there. Um, she was a senior, so she, she graduated from high school there at Juneau yeah. Douglas High School. And, uh, and so we love to get out and go hiking. You know, when you have a nice day, so it rains about 80 days, 80, no, 80 inches a year oh wow wow wow. and so when you have a nice day like that one is you want to get out and explore because it's beautiful it's absolutely this beautiful area where you literally go from the glaciers Mm -hmm. to the mountains to the ocean i mean it's just all right there yes and so we hiked up um, along this river and um, up to this glacier you know where it was literally melting off into this Mm -hmm. river which combined with others into a much bigger river and then you know went into the ocean there yeah and uh it was a marvelous beautiful day wow um and you know this idea that in nature Mm -hmm. all things start small yes and as human beings i'm on a i'm on a mission to get us out of the mechanical metaphor when we're dealing with human beings right we can use machine language and machine metaphors when we're talking about stuff all day long that's great yeah it works fine but we're not machines we're human beings and so the idea here is that as human beings Mm -hmm. everything we do starts small we smart we start tiny so this daughter that i was hiking up there with is pregnant right now Mm, okay. I think I can say that <laughs> <I just laughs> a, not a big mystery or a surprise so anyways and so she sent us this ultrasound her very first ultrasound because she's had a miscarriage and mm. you know it's likely oh. to have a challenging pregnancy so she sent us this little ultrasound and it looked like a peanut or a kidney stone or something right wow. you wow. couldn't really tell it starts really small then she sent us a picture you know like four weeks later and you can see this was a baby right Right. and this and we all start small and we evolve and then we grow up and and that's how things in nature are and we're a part of nature and so this idea that we start small and by accumulation of time and effort small things become great things and that's really what that's
0: about that's beautiful thanks for sharing David I really appreciate that That's really, really beautiful. So let's talk a bit about, knew you, who knew your publication? Uh, You took a pretty long time to do the research and stuff, but what was the biggest drive or or catalyst behind you actually deciding to write the book? Well, there's a couple of things, actually.
1: So... um I had left this job as the CEO of the health center where I had these, uh, you know, the first epiphanies mm-hmm. and I didn't get much support from my board, frankly, about, you know, this like, wow, we need to really dive into this and understand this. And so after I left, I thought I'm going to dive into this cause I could tell this was going to be important. And, and I need to let you know that this organization was a wonderful organization still is. Um, but, uh, excuse me, um, I'm trying to think how I want to say this. Um, what I, as what I realized as I started getting into this material and studying, well, what is, you know, intrinsic or personal motivation, you know, what are the, the principles and what are the skills? And as as I got into it, cause originally, you know, we were trying to fix healthcare we were trying to create a healthcare system that was better, more effective, more human, um, and that would serve people better, and that would elevate them to this role of the captain of the care team. And as I studied for the next couple of years, what I realized was that the principles that underlie our personal motivation are applicable to all domains of life. And so that as we align our lives we're not bolting things on, right? We're aligning our lives with the principles of human success, of which these are the foundations. As we do that, we will help people in all domains of life. So it could be intellectual, it could be physical, it could be work, it could be family, it could be community. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because these are universally applicable. And so That was really important to me. And that was like, you know, that was made it more amazing to me. And the other thing was, since I've spent most of my career serving um, people with certain vulnerabilities or challenges or things to overcome, I I want everything I do to be applicable and useful to everybody, no matter what your identity, it it doesn't matter because these are universally applicable. And so that was really important to me. And that was like, you know, that was made it more amazing to me. And the other thing was, since I've spent most of my career serving um, people with certain vulnerabilities or challenges or things to overcome, I, I want everything I do to be applicable and useful to everybody, no matter what your education is, what your background is, what you've done or you've not done. Um, you know, wh- how you think about yourself. I don't want these to be barriers to adopting or aligning with these important principles. And that was also quite gratifying as I furthered my study was that, yeah, these principles are not dependent upon education or background or race or gender or any of those other things. They're, again, universally applicable universally um, useful does that make sense so far i think i've lost you well hopefully we're recording still um anyways and so it was really um after all of this work i thought i've got enough stuff here to write a book and that really was what led me to write the book was these principles are important they i I couldn't find any single book that kind of laid them out in a so i love this you know in your um show you know we have we break out of your darkness into inspiration right so what happens is when we align our lives with these principles and again these are foundational principles They're applicable to every person, whoever you are listening or watching, these apply to you. So the first principle, for example, is to understand and make explicit our values. What the research taught me was that 80% of us have never made our values explicit. We think about values sometimes, right? And we think, yeah, nature is important to me, or family is important to me, but we've never really taken a little bit of effort to make them explicit what it does is it takes our values from being a good thing to make them a powerful thing and we want more power right because power gives us energy and helps us move forward with our life and so the very first chapter book basically walks one through this process of making my top five core values explicit thus unleashing power that increases my motivation that increases my energy my focus my well-being and a sense of purpose in my life it's really i i have no idea there was so much research in this but it's really quite amazing um and and i've worked with values and i've always felt values were important but i would never really understood the power of making our values explicit, so it kind of takes it to the next level, and the second principle um, is awareness, and so this idea that I need, to, if I want to accomplish something, I, I need to know both where I am and where I'm going. So we often think about goals as, you know, I want to get here, or I want to accomplish that, or Or very importantly, I might be, I want to become something, right? But we don't really think about where do I start from? And that's just as important because you can't get anywhere without knowing where you're starting. Just try it on Google Maps. Say, take me to this great restaurant in the city I've never been to, but don't tell them where you're starting from. And,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: Google Maps will go, eh, I don't know, I can't do that. So you got to have a beginning and you got to have an end. So this idea of awareness helps us get our beginning, and it helps us to develop this healthy relationship with feedback, and that's a tool. So then we have learning, right? So I learn from what I do well and what I don't. I have intent. Intention is really foundational. This is like your vision, if you will. Planning, so that's making plans so that you accomplish things, and then carrying out those plans, right? Those are the first seven principles and then there's your belief this idea that if i believe i can do something there is no guarantee it will happen but if i don't believe it there's pretty much guaranteed you're not even going to (laughs) start and then there's these three principles of self-compassion close out the book this idea of being kind to myself and what the research tells us is If we were raised or we've developed the habit of when we make a mistake of beating up on ourselves, what that does is it takes our ability to accomplish something and drops it. Versus if when we make a mistake and we start treating ourselves with kindness, saying, yeah, "Yeah, that was a mistake and I don't want to do it again. It's not like me. I know I can do better our capacity or our ability to then resolve that problem goes up. So do we want to diminish our capacity or do we want to increase our capacity and self-kindness is a critical factor or principle. Right. Um, common Humanity and the last chapter of the book is called
0: Mindlessness. Mm. Wow, wonderful, wonderful, great. So, David, um, we just have a couple of minutes to go. Um, we've been having some technical difficulties. It's all part of what's happening in life anyways. So, no worries. We'll deal with that. So, I just want to give you uh, a minute or two to share with people how they can get your book. And if they need your expertise, your area of professional assistance and services, how they can contact you, maybe your social handles or whatever means they can make contact with you. All right. So it's all, it's all up to you, David. Go ahead.
1: The easiest way to um, get a hold of me is through my website, which is simply my name, www.davidredwards.com. And that's the easiest way. I'm also on Facebook, um, David R. Edwards, um, and I'm on um, LinkedIn as well. And that's probably the,
0: that's the easiest way. okay great thank you for sharing thank you for being on the show you have been a source of inspiration and encouragement and we're happy to have you david r edwards the man with the publication and he's looking forward to adding more value to the lives of so many
1: on my screen sorry about that